the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. History has clearly shown that Christ is required to overcome the natural tendency of powerful forces to destroy God-given rights, including the right to hear and speak His truth. Welcome to Biblical Citizen. Let's roll with your hosts, Brian and Kathleen Melanakis. Kathleen is an author and retired registered nurse, and her husband Brian is a former company president. Kathleen and Brian discuss current events from a biblical worldview, so we as believers can influence for good in our culture and in the public square. Here is Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Hello, Biblical Citizens. I am back from Arkansas. It was a great trip. Did you know that in 1965, only about 4% of the U.S. population had a chronic disease? And between 1988 and 2006, that number exploded, according to a longitudinal study, especially among children. Listen to this. Between the ages of 7 and 11, the number of children with chronic disease grew to 54%. Now, that means chronic diseases are things like asthma, ADHD, allergies, diabetes, cancer, multiple sclerosis, autoimmune diseases, the list goes on. And we have one of the highest rates of infant mortality in the developed world and an estimated 1 in 34 American children have autism. We have to stop this epidemic of chronic diseases. We need to pray that Jesus will heal our land of this plague and will help us roll back the dominance Big Pharma has over our political system as well. Our guest today is Yvonne Slater-Grigas. She is a mom, a Christian believer, homeschooler, activist and natural health advocate here in the San Diego area. When I first started researching vaccines at the beginning of the pandemic, we heard Judy Mikovits speaking out about the risks of vaccines, and I wasn't familiar. I hadn't heard of the things she was speaking about. It was new information. And I started doing my own study, but we also met Yvonne at one of the rallies, and she took the time to really educate Brian and me about vaccines. We're very happy to be talking with her today. How are you, Yvonne, my dear? Good morning, Brian and Kathleen. Thank you so much for having me, inviting me onto your show. It's it's truly an honor. I would just like to add, Kathleen, that your statement regarding Big Pharma is such a targeted one, given what we know about the Bible, the book of Revelation, whereby pharmakia is clearly stated to be witchcraft. And I'm a firm believer that we must, as a nation, repent. And the only way we can save our nation is by turning away from our sin and seeking God's faith so that he will forgive our sins and heal our land. And I would also like to ask listeners at this time, if you can have a web browser open, you can start searching out the resources that I'll be citing, and then you'll have your own proof and document- documentation that's going to arm you to make your own informed medical choices in the future. Absolutely, and we really encourage people to do their own research, as we have done, as Yvonne has done, and you can verify what we're saying. 
So, Yvonne, um, I got to admit, I was pretty shocked that day. We visited your house that one day. It was probably, yeah, almost three years ago. And you shared with us the results of your research and the many facts you uncovered about vaccines. And, again, this is to someone that's coming out of the pharmaceutical industry and medical device industry for many years. And I had never questioned the validity of what we've always heard about them, that the vaccines are totally safe and totally effective. So tell us a little bit about why you started researching about vaccines. Oh, that's a great question. Um, so I was about 40 years old, didn't have a lot of friends around me who were like-minded. Um, I was happily married and very pregnant. And at that time, I trusted my government and my doctor until a family member asked us, you know, what's your vaccination plan? To which I replied, whatever the doctor says, which is a common stance for many parents. They responded quickly with, do your research. So my husband, John, and I both read myriad books, multiple peer-reviewed studies, and many of the vaccine package inserts. Mind you, these are not the two-page vaccine information viz sheets that are provided at Walgreens or CVS or even a pediatrician. These are the four by four foot page, uh, uh, sorry, five foot, (laughs) five point font front and back, too much alliteration, uh, with a comprehensive review of contraindications, adverse reactions, and two studies provided much like a military spec is organized. So I worked in aerospace industry for a long time and was a major reviewer of sex. So reading these inserts was not far from my purview. And you can look at any insert by just researching on fda.gov, foodanddrugadministration.gov. But you have it's trickier now. So you have to search for vaccine package insert for the specific vaccine that you're interested in researching. These are the most illuminating. And ironically, as an accountant and finance uh, person with background, uh, upon completion of what we were comfortable with in our research as parents, I went to the money. So I asked my husband, wait a minute, wait a minute. I've had measles, mumps twice, chickenpox, shingles at 22, and the flu multiple times, and I'm a thriving adult health-wise. So I went to the chickenpox parties as a child. So I since learned that having measles as a child affords you with immunity against various cancers in your childhood, and I'm oh, sorry, in your adulthood. Having chickenpox also affords you immunity to shingles later in life. And from the money perspective, why would I pay for multiple doses to provide a false immunity for all kinds of side effects when I can provide my child with a lifelong immunity um, to not only the specific virus, but for many others? So um, with zero cash outlay. So oddly enough, it was really the money in the very beginning and, of course, the health. But we decided that none was the best choice. And no, I don't have a single regret for the decisions that we made together and our son is 14, never stopped jujitsu during any of the pandemic, and is one of the healthiest children I know. Excellent. So you, you looked into it, and you're talking about natural immunity versus artificial. Uh, yeah, why would you go to all those well baby visits and get all those injections, and, we're gonna, and they have real problems? And yes, the package inserts are one of the best ways to find out what's actually in them and what they're going to do and all the myriad side effects that are possible for all these vaccines. And yeah, I've done a lot of uh, research on package inserts as well. So before we get into some of the other facts about the vaccines, I just want to tell a story too. You were fortunate enough to know to be warned by your family member 
to do research and of course we have the internet now we can we can just look at at things we can find the package inserts and the other books that have been written about it online um but when i was 11 years old i want to tell this story because it it just is has impacted my life so much when i was 11 years old you know i was the second of five children and we had five children my parents had an, a sixth child we, we 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 all welcomed this beautiful little baby girl into our family and we're all so happy about about her little Corinne Joy was born and you know at 3 months she went to the pediatrician and got a DPT shot and within hours she started crying and controllably and you know my mom went in she couldn't console her she finally went in to see if she could sleep and then she went in to check on her and she had just suddenly stopped breathing for no reason she had already stopped breathing when she went to check so we rushed her to the hospital and they said she had died of SIDS sudden infant death syndrome well we're all just just devastated, of course, and I've never forgotten that hor- terrible experience. And come to find out later that the DPT shot was the one that caused so many deaths that Congress went to, I mean, I'm sorry, the, the pharmaceutical companies went to Congress and got them to remove the liability for all the harm and the, co- and the deaths they were causing. And that was in 1986. So th- there's been many studies since then that link SIDS to vaccines. But do, do we ever hear about it in the media? Do we ever uh, get informed about that when we go to the doctor? No, we do not. So let's hear about some of the other facts that we uncovered uh, and as you say, you've never been sorry that you decided not to vaccinate. But so what are your main facts? What are some of the main facts you uncovered? And you've, you've already mentioned natural immunity is better than the acquired immunity. But we were we were shocked, and I bet you you were too, to find out that they do not do any control group studies like they do on other drugs, not for vaccines. They compare one vaccine against another one. That means they're testing one untested drug against another untested drug. They don't do the vaccinated versus the unvaccinated. So, and Brian knows from working in the industry that they do very rigorous, or I mean, well. Yeah, they do. They do. They more me, more let, vigorous than for vaccines. Anyway. Yeah, I, I'm interested. I'm interested in what you have to say about for drugs it, versus vaccines. Right, but I do remember I worked for several pharmaceutical companies. You do phase one, phase two, phase three. It's typically if everything goes really well over multi years and all these clinical studies, and I'm talking about drugs, not vaccines. Then it's about two years after the conclusion of the final studies everything going well with control groups before the drug is actually approved and released to the public. Now, I'm not saying all drugs are great, all drugs are not great, but I was really struck by the dramatic difference between what's required to get a drug approved 
and what's requ- how little is required since I took the liability away to get a vaccine approved. It's it's a dramatic difference. But, but you're talking about back when you were in the pharmaceutical yeah, industry, which was... Be- but uh, that hasn't changed. It's gotten, if anything, easier to get vaccines approved. Right, but it's gotten easier to get drugs approved, too, because well, of fees. That, there's Yeah, so, there's arguments about that. But let... Yeah. But it... it and we're going to talk about the CDC and the FDA and their com- how they're compromised too. But before, well, what are, yeah, what are some other facts but, you uncovered in your research, Yvonne, about vaccines? But control group studies is huge. I mean, that's that's a big. That means no vaccine is ever really tested for safety. So, but that that sure. was a paradigm changer for me. <clears throat> Um, well, actually, yeah, so J.B. Hanley is a wonderful father, and he has a child now who is in his 20s who was severely uh, autistic right after a major vaccine. And um, he did all the research, and he couldn't find any single such study that studied two in concert or even one for any long period of time. And all of that really did stem out of the 1986 National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act. And uh, Barbara Fisher, to your point on the DPT shot, her son was also injured some 35 plus years ago. And that's why she sat in on those hearings in 1986 when Ronald Reagan was signing this into law, absolving pharmaceutical industries from all uh, vaccine liability. And out of that came so much more. Um, she fought Barbara Fisher of National Vaccine Information Center.org. Lots and lots of resources if you want to know your exemptions in any state. I found that information. We kind of started a, an underground railroad to help parents who would move out of California. Um, other parents learned about our, our uh, fight here in, in California and we became a very tight knit underground railroad of information, finding all the resources as we needed them. And yeah. also it was mostly um, my study didn't necessarily, it didn't stop at my son's, you know, being in utero, but it, it continued mostly when I got uh, into SB 277, the referendum to overturn the law that took away the personal belief exemption. And when I was going out and asking for signatures at the mall, walking after nine-hour-long work days, going home, being mom for a little bit, doing dinner, and then going out to the mall until it closed, begging for signatures to overturn this law just so we could have a choice. And through that, I found how uneducated I was in being able to recall the actual facts, which is why now um, I believe God prepared me through my analytical career to and. Uh, becoming a, a professional trainer at a at an aerospace corporation, um, where I can now speak publicly with no problem and recall the stuff because I have spent so many years researching. But some of those facts are, as I said, the uh, National Vaccine Injury uh, Compensation Program, which has paid out five billion dollars plus, and that you can just search on NBICP um, HRSA. And then VAERS, V-A-E-R-S, all three of those together will give you the report that proves out on page nine that there is $5 billion plus that has been paid in vaccine injury by a private Department of Defense court run by a magistrate, not a judge, not by your peers, not by a jury, but just by a magistrate who makes the decision. And that is one of the big flaws of this tracking system that they have, the vaccine adverse vaccine adverse event 
reporting system, which is set up by the government, and it's actually to protect itself, not to really help parents. And yet still, even with the flawed system that we have of reporting, which is they only catch 1% of the actual events, according to studies, uh, that are that are you know only one percent get reported, but even out of that, what did you say? Four point five billion dollars have been paid out anyway, even though it's a a rigged system against the parents. Over five billion to date. Five yeah. billion. It's already up to five billion, and 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 that through those payouts, they have had to admit that the vaccines are causing autism and and some of the other adverse events that we are seeing. The SIDS, they admit it, but they, but then the, the CDC goes ahead and says, no, vaccines are not the cause of autism. Uh, so they, they, it's completely contradictory, and they're, just, they're protecting themselves. Uh, but like you say, it's, they've still had to pay that out, but they just keep quiet about it. So uh, why are why are why is the VAERS system so underreported? I think we have some reasons why it it is vastly underreported. Most events are not right. reported. Aren't there some reasons, Yvonne, why doctors, for whatever reason, don't report these events? Absolutely, it takes at least fifteen minutes to thirty minutes to fill out each report, and I have heard uh, from various doctors who've said they might have eight reports that they have to file in a single day, but they don't have time. And I uh, I actually went to go and demand. I went to the California Medical Board meeting before uh, 2020, and I was meeting a friend, um, and then she helped me with my talking points because she ended up uh, being under severe spiritual attack as a non-believer and um, had to leave. So it was just me and 200 suits and uh, about 16 board members as a panel and I had to sit at a table on a mic and I said I would like to know as a private citizen how you as required by federal law are training your medical professionals to report using the VAERS reporting system as required by federal law how are you ensuring that you are training your your trainees um, and I want this to be on record I want this to be a an action item to be responded for next quarterly meeting, never heard anything, never received a phone call. I even have it recorded. I, I wasn't allowed to record myself, but I recorded the ceiling, so I had my voice recording it somewhere on Facebook. <laughs> yes, and they are required by law to make these reports, yes. uh, but they nobody enforces it. And they, yes. are not, they are not paid to do the reports because they, they have, they're, they're, having been a nurse... I know that doctors are extremely time constrained on the job. I mean, they have so much to do during the the time they're on on duty or in the hospital or in the practice. I mean, they you've got to meet these quotas of your time per patient and so forth. So to do the reports would have to be after their time is up and then they so then they're not paid to do that, you know, to make reports on their own time. So so that that's a disincentive to ever make any report. Not only that, they would have to admit maybe that what that the vaccine that they gave caused this adverse reaction including SIDS. I mean, and and I knew an emergency room doctor that would see cases of SIDS 
and he he knew that it was the vaccines, but you know, doctors would not they would really just not make the report. So they get underreported. Uh and that's one of the very bad things about vaccines in general, childhood vaccines. And so one other very big item is that vaccine injuries are not rare, but very common. Risk of vaccine injuries include chronic illness, and they say that that's one in a million chance of you. You'll maybe get a vaccine injury one, you know, one in a million chance. That is just absolutely not true. And they did a Harvard study, which included a million people. This was, I think, in 2008, where they wanted to update the reporting system and improve it. And and what did they find? They found that injuries occurred one in 39 uh, injections that were given, one in 39 doses or vaccines that were given. So that is way much of a big a big discrepancy i mean that's the biggest discrepancy i've ever heard (laughs) like wow but they're but doctors are not trained to recognize them and they have disincentives to report them so did you find that in your studies i mean i was just shocked to find that out i wasn't so focused on the chronic studies i i looked at all of the you know we created a 20 vaccine facts document that's posted on a voice for choice.org um you know, trying to give people copious amounts so that they would be well armed with lots and lots of facts. The chronic disease came sort of after my initial study, but absolutely. I, I mean, sadly, I, I, well, I help teach uh, a Bible class, I'll just say, and the children who are homeschooled are super healthy, and all the children who are public school, they are all on some form of medication. Oh wow! And, and that's what my yeah. sister my sister says that as well as a public school teacher. She said, since the eighties and early nineties, the number of special ed kids has just grown and grown and grown. And why aren't they looking into it? We have health agencies that are supposed to be looking into it. They absolutely won't do the studies that will compare the vaccinated to the unvaccinated. And you're telling me that it's in your observation as well, that they well, they, they, I, you know, I'm a so. I'm a big one for data. I think all three of us are, but I I just look at two when I look at the whole vaccine area from a, a kind of a data standpoint or statistical. I look at two things. I look at first of all how many more vaccine doses kids get than they used to. Let me be specific. Way back in 1960. The CDC vaccine schedule, and yes, they had a CDC vaccine schedule in 1960. It was five total doses, total, for childhood vaccines. By 2018, it had risen to 72. So from five in 1960 to 72 in 2018, and I'm sure it's even higher now. But that's one point. And then the other point I look at, we we already alluded to it, is the explosion in childhood diseases, including chronic diseases. So, And you just mentioned, Yvonne, about, and Kathleen both, about all the kids that are on medications in, in elementary school and all the allergies and they can't eat this and they can't eat that. You would think that if we could really trust the CDC, 
that if we have vaccines go up by, what, 14 times or more, we should have healthier children. Look at the big picture. We should have healthier children. We have much more unhealthy children. I think someone should be researching this. I mean, some people are, but our tax dollars should be spent on researching it. So in we just want to start summing up for this episode. We will be talking with Yvonne next week as well. But Brian, let us know how compromised the CDC is. Well, and the, the, and the, problem, the FDA. It's the problem with the CDC and the FDA. The CDC receives hundreds of millions of dollars from private foundations, but most of those, the bulk of that money is from pharmaceutical foundations. And then the FDA, that was another law that was changed. Most of the uh, drug and vaccine approval process is funded by the very companies that are submitting the drugs or vaccines for approval. So in other words, if I'm at, let's just pick a company, Pfizer. So (laughs) Pfizer funds the approval process at the FDA for the Pfizer drug. Do you think that who funds (laughs) it maybe has a little bit of influence over whether it gets approved or not? I'm afraid so. But uh, we're going to be so happy to have you on again next week. But Yvonne, do you have any concluding comments for this episode? Uh, You guys covered so much wonderful information. Um, I think really at this point, um, I'd like to just say, you know, as someone who was involved in the laws and fighting and fighting, I think at this at this stage, truly, um, in case people can't come back next week, um, it's really important to know that I think as Christians, the one thing that we need to do is stand up and be bold. I used to be very diplomatic and kinder in my approach and gentler, but now it's a matter of, I want to save the children. And and my heart is really turned for the unborn. And so the most important thing to know as a Christian, when the doctor tells you, am I still on? You're, yep. you're still on, but we, we do okay. have to go for this week. But just finish your thought quickly. Okay. Research aborted fetal cells in the vaccines and consider not ever taking another one, not to inject and, and mutilate the body of Christ, the blood of Christ. And thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Yvonne. Till next week. Join us next Saturday at noon for Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Your hosts, Brian and Kathleen Melanakis, seek to educate and activate Christians at a grassroots level, helping them to live out their responsibility to influence civic affairs for good. Next week, we will cover another major news happening from the view of the Biblical Citizen. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.